Welcome, everyone. I'm so grateful to be beginning with you all with this journey and um, yeah, see what emerges in this six weeks together and what emerges, what unfolds, what we all discover together. Um, thank you for taking the leap and the the leap of faith and the trust fall and whatever it's taken to be here. Just grateful to be weaving with you and I look forward to getting to know you all during this time together. So a couple of housekeeping things. Um, let me see, where do I want to begin with the housekeeping? Um, first of all, the structure is that we're going to be here like this on, on Zoom. Uh, we might switch to a slightly different format. It will look exactly the same on your end, but just so that you know, we might use a different link going forward. Um, so just keep an eye on your email next week for that update or in the Facebook group. If you haven't joined the Facebook group and you want to have some kinship and some reflection and some community building as we go through the work, please feel free to join us there. Um, we on purpose have the Facebook group set up so that folks can't create their own posts because it can get real noisy <laughs> if we do it that way. But what we'll do is every week have a post for the week and then folks can just reply, like comment under that post and we can have a conversation that stays in line and stays in one place. So thank you, Donna. Donna has already done that. Um, so again, you can just join the Facebook group if you haven't already, um, and yeah, be part of the conversation there. You are welcome to have your video on or off during our time together. I'm going to be over the weeks guiding us through a lot of different things. Um, we might be doing more like math at some points, especially as we get into week five and six. Um, if you hate math, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but like actually doing the number crunching and getting into things. Um, and for now, uh, it's I'm going to be guiding us through a lot of deepening into meditative space and whatnot. So feel free to turn your video off at any moment. Um, Donna is here. Hi, Donna. <laughs> Um, if you have any questions, you can beam them into the chat during our call. Um, if you have a technical question, um, or if you can't hear me, I would just ask that you raise your hand, but otherwise we're going to save all of the questions for the end of the call. Um, and so, but feel free to pop your questions into the chat throughout the call. And if it's a time sensitive thing, I will speak into it right away. If I don't respond to your question in the chat, it's because I'm saying like, let's stay with it and see, or I'll get to that in a little while. Um, does that make sense to everyone? That clear, clearish? Great. Yeah, so the structure is we're gonna, I'll guide us through inquiry and practice and that will take whatever it takes time-wise. And then I'll open up the space for questions and for folks to share. Um, and 
we might have time for everyone's questions. We might not. And if we don't, I would just ask that we take that into the Facebook group and we can continue the conversation there. All right. So a little framing for this journey that we're going to take together. Um, I want to say first, like, in so many ways, we are influenced by the overculture of the place that we live, right? The dominant culture of the place that we live um, or the place that we've grown up. And here in the West where I live, maybe you too, like we live in a kind of anti-animist culture. Like if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. It's at the very least not meaningful or real or as significant as what I can see. And we also have like a culture of extraction and domination. And so what I find often is when we're coming into relationship with our work, we just bring all of that with us, right? We bring with us all of the cultural stuff that we're carrying and all of the familial stuff and all of the stuff, (laughs) just all of the stuff that we're carrying with us into the space. And so often when folks are in a place where they are um, wanting to be sitting with, wanting to receive clarity, wanting to move forward in a good way, wanting to know the plan, we can bring that extractive way of exploration. And so what that can look like is like, okay, I'm going to go into a meditation, but like, I just need... I need like in the meditation, I need to see exactly what the thing is going to (laughs) be, you know, like I just need my clarity and I need it now. And so part of why this is six weeks and why we're not getting to that stuff, like we're not going into what are the offerings that are emerging until we get towards week five and six is to give a lot of space and a lot of space for the relationship. And I think that you know, if I wanted to deepen a relationship with my child, yes, I could do that by exploring, like, you know, how could I support them better with routine? And how could I, you know, what do they need for their little bodies? And these more structural things, for sure. Also, that doesn't make up for, like, holding hands and making eye contact and just playing together and being together without any managing happening, but just existing together (laughs) happening. So yes, the structural, the forming, bringing things into form, the fiddling and iterating and all of that can be part of relational tending and also communing with, being with, listening to and listening with are also part of relational tending. And so that's what we're going to start with. Um, And, you know, like if you get clarity early on, congratulations, yay. And if you don't, beautiful, like this is relational tending work. And anyone who has been in any kind of long-term relationship, you know, with a child, with another adult, with an animal, it's like, there are times that we turn towards that relationship and it feels crunchy. Like 
we can have a conversation with a beloved and we turn towards and we bring our tenderness and they bring their tenderness and we're like, okay, well, ouch, you know, or uh, there's a thing that's unresolved, like we don't actually have clarity. And so I also want to make space for as we dive into and explore deeper relating with our work, that we make space for the the fuller range of possibility that, you know, you might have a day where you're sitting with your work on a deep soul level and you get nothing. At least it seems like that to your mind, like you're getting nothing, you're hearing nothing. There's no clarity. Maybe there's just more frustration, And then there might be other days where you're like, whoa, I got this whole download for a thing. And it's just, I all saw the whole thing come together and it was technicolor and it was beautiful and psychedelic. And, um, and neither of those things is wrong. You know, it's like folks that I know who have dedicated meditation practice. I am not one of them. Um, but the folks that I know who do have those practices are like, some days I want to like, you know, rip my skin off and jump out the window. Cause I'm, ah! you know, and then other days I'm like ah, ugh, basking in the lush ecstasy of life. And, um, you know, I just find that with my body too. It's like, there are some days that I feel at ease in this body. And then there are other days that things feel crunchy and that's just relationship. So at, throughout our entire time today, and also on this call, When you notice how, as you look towards your work, like the work that you're doing, the work that's emerging, I'll sort of frame it as like whatever the emerging body of work is, which could be your existing body of work. It could be an extension of that or a deepening of that. It could be that there's something new coming. But when I'm talking about your work, that's what I'm talking about. Like the thing that's emerging, the thing that really wants to move and dance and be co-creative with you and created through you. Um, As you're looking at your work, I would invite all of us to really notice how am I relating to it in this moment? How am I relating to my work in this moment? That is like the most important thing I could offer into this space is that we make sure that as as we're looking at our work, as we're considering it, as we're having the feels, whatever feelings we're having about it, that we just be extremely curious about how am I relating to it in this moment? Is the way that I'm relating to it more curious, more invitational, more open? Is the way that I'm relating to it more frustrated, more aggressive, more dominating? not saying that it's always going to be one way or the other. It's probably going to shift and change in different moments, but just so good to notice. And also I would notice, and this is a big thing that comes up very much with our work in a way that I don't see it in a lot of our human relationships. Certainly sometimes we can have it with our human relationships, but with our work, I think because Our work for many of us, maybe most, maybe all of us, is tied to our financial security. And that's real. And so there's there's a way that like capitalism and just life at this time, modern life, you know, living in our own individual boxes, the lack of community support, all of these things 
can have us have a bit more of um, an extractive relationship with our work where it's like, I'll take care of you, but only if you give more than I put in or at least as much as I put in. And I have a lot of understanding for that, like a lot of understanding. And we'll get into and talk about money later in our time together. I really, really understand it. And I think a helpful orientation is just, am I relating a little bit more like how I see it sometimes as like a gambler playing slot machines or something like I'm going to put it in and then I'm going to hope I get more out and I'm going to put it in. Or am I relating a bit more like a gardener? And this is a garden. And this garden, my work, is part of an ecosystem, just like the garden outside my door, right? When I'm tending to my garden, I have to consider a lot of things, right? I want to get what I want to get, but I also am considering like the timing of things. When am I planting it? You know, if I do something, if I pour a bunch of weed killer on it, like, okay, that might yield the result that I want in the short term, but like, what is that doing to the broader ecosystem? Kind of like I could do some like shitty marketing thing, but like, what's the downstream effect of that? Like, how is that for my system? How is that impact the others that are reaching it? these deeper, broader considerations. And also I just find in gardening, there's like a lot of surrender, like in every other relationship. I can show up, I can tend, I can do my best. I can be deeply considered. And like, it doesn't mean that a bunny rabbit isn't going to like crawl under the fence and eat the things that I just grew. That is life. That's part of what happens. And so allowing ourselves to hold that truth that we're just living into the mystery as we're creating, as we're bringing forward so that we can have a little levity and also some responsibility to like create backup plans and, you know, bolster ourselves financially in other ways if we need to, like, just how do we take care of the real world needs that we have so that we can allow this thing that completely exists within the mystery, like everything does, to exist in the mystery and also that we still own our roles as like gardeners, as stewards, as creators. Okay, that's a little bit of framing. I just want to see before we kind of go into our practices for the week, if there are any just questions about that framing before we dive in. If you do, you can raise your hand and go to reactions and raise your hand. So for our practices for today, um, we're going to begin by communing with the soul of your work. We're going to do it in a minute. If you've done this before with someone else or with me or with yourself, um, especially if you've done it with me before, I just want to offer that this is probably going to be, I don't think I've ever led it to a group. I'm sure actually I've never led it to a group this way before. So there's a newness to how we're going to do it. So just bring curiosity and open-mindedness to the journey. And when we say the soul of your work, what do I mean? I think the best shorthand that I have for the Western mind is the muse. 
you know, in an anti-animist culture, in a culture that says, if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. The best thing I can offer is like, well, somehow we have, we say that. And then we're like, but the muse, you know, <laughs> we have this culturally accepted notion of the muse that there's like a creative, a co-creative force that exists outside of us. That is not us that comes to like co-create a thing with us. It's like brings inspiration. It brings clarity. It brings whatever it brings up in us, the tussle, the, uh, uh, how do we answer the call The you know, hero, heroine's journey, the whole thing can show up. But when I talk about the soul of your work, I'm talking about that co-creative energy that exists outside of you, that comes to you, dances with you, and wants to have things created with you that can only come through you. And, um, you know, you don't have to adopt my belief system around this. Although I'm guessing if you signed up to be here, there's some idea that there's some validity to this thing that I'm offering. Um, but how I hold it is that all things um, have a soul and that everything that is generative, that serves a regenerative purpose in this world has its own soul. And um, and that we live inside of what my mentor Hero Boga calls nested ecologies. And so the soul of my work, like the tangible things that I offer and create live inside of this nested ecology of the soul of the work, which lives inside of a nested ecology of relationship with me, the soul, my soul the soul of my family and all of the beings in my family, the souls of all of the people that it serves, our lives, like we are deeply interconnected and intertwined. So what I wanna say is that the soul of your work is a benevolent force, that you can trust it and also you don't have to do whatever it wants, just like, some people are like, oh, there are spirit babies around. I can feel them. You still can say no, probably. <laughs> we can still be like, oh, I see that you want to be born through me or that there's this energy of like something that wants to exist. And also it's not the right time for me or also I don't choose that right now. And so it's not to say that there's this relationship again of like, hierarchy of like dominance and submission and we just have to do whatever we're you know how I relate to it much more is that if we really come into relationship on a soul level with our creations we can feel where we're called to show up how we're called to show up how we're called to grow up and show up as I would say and then what in that relational field what awarenesses are coming to us so we're going to go into that in a moment. I want to give us like two minutes if you need to go to the bathroom or get some water, or get your body in a comfortable way so that you can sit for several minutes. So let's go ahead and just take two minutes to get yourself settled, get yourself hydrated. Empty out your bladder if you need to, whatever you need so that you can be comfortable.
while we're doing this, if you want to pop in the chat where in the world you are, I'd love to hear. It's sweet to sort of feel into the constellation of us. Hello, California. Oh, Lily, you stayed up late to be here. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'll just give one more minute for landing. Okay. If you have a candle, I meant to say this, and you want to light a candle, you're welcome to. If you don't, that's okay. Just envision a a fire out in front of you in the center of our circle. All right. So I wanna open up some channels for us or have us open up some channels. Um, so first with guided meditation, I find that some folks are very visual and the folks who can see a lot, you know, in their mind's eye and their, it, it, folks who can see a lot tend to feel like, oh, I, I'm able to do this right and well, and like, I got something from this. And then I noticed that there are also folks who tend to feel frustrated in guided meditation because maybe they're not as visual, they don't see. So I just wanna, I wanna acknowledge that we all have visible and invisible, seen and unseen ancestral gifts. And you know, our bodies are seen ancestral gifts, you know, the, the skill for the piano that we got from our great, our great grandfather, like, you know, there are these visible gifts. Um, and then there are gifts like the ability to see with our eyes closed, the ability to hear, the ability to sense or perceive. Um, and all of these things and more, I'm not naming all of them, have unique flavors, unique textures, unique ways of moving for each person. And I think that part of why um, in an anti-animist 
culture, we don't culture, we don't recognize these things. I mean, first of all, we just don't recognize them because we can't see them and measure them. So therefore they don't exist. But also why do we not see them as ancestral gifts? I feel so curious about that. And my hypothesis is that it's because these are the things that a lot of folks were persecuted for all over the world. Um, a lot of folks were persecuted for having these kind of gifts because they're very threatening to power structures. If you can see beyond what's being seen, if you can hear beyond what's being said, if you can perceive in a multidimensional way, then you can be a threat to like structural power. And so there is a lot of um, hiding of those gifts, a lot of suppression of those gifts, um, a lot of fear around them, because if there's persecution, then of course it's like, well, if I can do this magical thing, I'm thinking of frozen. If I can do, <laughs> if I have this magical gift, um, and it, it keeps getting me in trouble. I don't know how to wield it. And then we lose that the grandmother's teaching the grandchildren, ah, to see you have this gift. Let me help guide you. Let me help teach you how to work with this gift. So we lose the real world mentorship around how to work with these gifts. We get afraid of them. You know, there's persecution around them. And then often I find there are stories that run in families about people who were pretty tapped into those gifts about how they were crazy. Um, so I'm always very curious in families about the stories of the crazy ones. The stories of the ones who like couldn't belong, didn't belong. Like she was an, a weird one, you know. Um, because often I think those ones are tapped in, in some cases, to some of our ancestral gifts um, that others down lineage might be carrying as well, and up lineage as well. So anyways, all of this to say <laughs> that while we're doing this guided meditation, if you don't see anything, it's okay. And I would just invite us all to relax away any forcing or pushing to see something. And instead, what we can effort around is to let our minds be soft. So if there's anything we can effort around, it's like giving ourselves like a shh. If we start getting mentally noisy. Not, it doesn't have to be stern. I don't find that particularly helpful, but just a gentle like shh. Just listen, just listen, just listen, just, just sense, just perceive and be open to like noticing you might feel body sensations. You might get like intuitive hits. You might hear things. You might smell things. It doesn't all have to be sight. Sight is not the better way to experience or perceive. Um, yeah. And what we can do is like keep coming back to the breath. Keep gently, lovingly, maybe even humorously, like inviting our minds to be a little quiet if they get noisy. And, um, and just to stay with it, to stay with it. And also to know like if a whole bunch doesn't come, that's okay. It's not wrong. You have more chances. This is not your only chance. All right. So. 
I'm going to guide us step by step. There's nothing you have to do. Trust that what comes through you will remember. So you don't need to capture anything. And, um, and also we're not going to go straight into connecting with the soul of our work. We'll, I'll guide us there. We'll get there when we get there. And again, I just ask that we hold like a curious, open, relaxed posture, physically, energetically, mentally, as we're going through this journey. And when we do invite the soul of your work, if you want just to take a moment right now to sit with like, maybe you already know what it is. Maybe you're like, ah, I want to write a book, but I can't see it. You know, I want to like connect with that thing. But I think what I could offer to all of us is just like, what wants to emerge? Like what wants to emerge through me as an aspect of my body of work? That's what I want to connect with. All right. So let's all first just begin by bringing attention to your own heart. If you want to place a hand there, you're welcome to. Noticing in whatever way you notice that your heart is beating. that it's beating without your mind needing to tell it to consciously. Noticing the lungs and the ways that your inhale is animating, moving your body. Noticing the way that your exhales are animating and moving your body. Let's see if on your next inhale, you can breathe into your back, the back of your body, let your back expand. And the sides of your body on the next breath. And when you're ready, breath into the front of your body. And then seeing if you can drop that breath deep into your belly. And let us gently turn our attention towards the earth. Seeing if there are some muscles in our body that we can just relax knowing that the earth has got us.
to earth, home of all the beings that we know. Home of all the earthly beings that we don't know. Made of the bones of our ancestors. Made of the bones of everyone's ancestors, human and other than human. earth that has birthed the bodies of every one of our beloveds. That our body also has come from. And a perpetual source of nourishment for these bodies. And offering in this moment some of your own gratitude, whatever is true for you in this moment for this earth. All the nourishment, all the beauty, all the life, all the holding. Feeling yourself as a child of this earth. Now breathing that nourishment up into your body, just as if on each inhale, you could draw some nourishment up from the earth into your body. And that with a simple exhale, some of the density or energy or what we're done with can just land back down towards the earth like Nourishment in and composting out. And if you've been carrying any worries, any woes, any heaviness without having to know it or define it right now, you could just offer it to the earth just through your exhale. And just inhale nourishment. Allowing that connection to remain and to keep being fed through our breath without effort. We'll gently turn our awareness now to everything above us, to the vast sky, 
stars, the sun, the deep, deep, vast cosmos. Recognizing that none of this exists without all of that. What a mystery it all is. And the sky and the cosmos, the source of awe and wonder, curiosity, incredible possibility. But somehow we are also made of stardust. That somehow we can still see stars that no longer shine in the sky. Just the fantastic, marvelous, magical mystery of living on a planet that is held by these vast cosmos. And noticing that we are also held by that. We are also held within this mystery. But somehow without controlling it all, the world keeps on spinning. Day and night keep coming. We keep growing older. It all happens. And feeling again your breath, your heart, your lungs, as the meeting point of all this life right here. Now we're gonna start to gather your kin step by step. Beginning first with inviting your ancestors to come behind you. And for today, we'll ask that just the most well, wise, loving, benevolent ancestors, the ones you may have known, many you may not know, you may not know their names, Inviting those ancestors to come behind you now. And you can ask that only the most well, wise ones, the ones capable and eager to support you, encourage you, love on you, celebrate you, 
the ones who are here for the liberation of all beings, doing their work in your lineage on the other side. You can ask if you choose that only those ones come present for you at this time. And I invite you to relax any part of your mind that wants to know right away who's here, what their names are, where they're from. But just asking the ones who are here in support of you and in support of your good work in the world to come be behind you, to bring their backing. Well, as they're arriving and being present here with you, take some breaths. Relax your chest. If they feel far away, you can ask them, please come closer so that I can feel your presence behind me. If you're feeling crowded for whatever reason, you can ask, please, can you please take a step back so I can take a deeper breath? So you can ask, And with your ancestors behind you, I want you first to say hello. To welcome them as feels good and true to welcome elders. So let's let your ancestors know, if you need to, what you're up to today, that you're up to connecting with your work on a deep level, the work that wants to emerge through you. And you can let them know that you're curious to embrace an ancestral gift or gifts that are wanting to be reclaimed or claimed in a deeper way by you at this time.
And just ask that whatever ancestor or ancestors are holding this lineage gift, the lineage gift that wants to come through your work at this time, to come forward and share that gift with you. Just be open and see what comes, see what's offered soft mind. We don't have to fully make sense of it in this moment if it doesn't make sense to your mind, but just allow for this transmission. I'll take a moment here to let this unfold. So as you're receiving this gift or these gifts, ask this ancestor or these ancestors what you can do at this time in your life to nurture these gifts, to nurture, to open to, to deepen with these gifts. Just notice what's offered to you. When you're ready, stay here. Thank your ancestors 
if you've turned towards them, to face them, you can turn back so that your back is towards them just so that they stay standing at your back. So that you feel their backing. Just take a deep breath here. Next, we're gonna invite the presence of your beloved kin, your, these are the other adults in your life who you lean on, who also lean back on you. So inviting on either side of you, beside you, on each side, on both sides, those adults in your life who you lean on, who also lean back on you. Whether it's one person or a hundred people, doesn't matter. Invite their presence now. And in the case that you have adult children, we're not gonna include them here. We have a place for them, but it's not beside us. So these are other grownups who are not our children, who, Gather as friends, beloveds, colleagues, kin who we lean on, who lean back on us, and just feeling their presence on either side of you now. Breathing with the earth beneath us, the sky above, our well-wise, loving ancestors behind, and our friends, our beloveds on either side of us. And now just out in front of you, if you have any children or you have a hope for children, you can make a space for them right out in front of you. And you'll be facing forward and they'll also be facing forward. So just like you're leaning back on your ancestors, so are they, you being among them. For a moment, I want to invite everyone with a child in front of you to feel what it is to hold them with that weight distributed through their ecosystem, their kin, their friends on either side, their well-wise ancestors behind them their earth, their sky, their bodies. So 
So before we invite the soul of your work, just breathe into this ecosystem for a moment. Notice if there's any place where you get tense, that you hold yourself back from releasing and receiving. And see if you can just invite some gentle self-encouragement to just soften a little bit more to feel and receive the support that's there. All right. Breathing into this vast ecosystem, in just a moment, we're going to invite the presence of the soul of your work. And as we invite it, I really want to invite each of us to be the energy of invitation, to be the energy of curiosity. And to keep softening, opening ourselves in to curiosity, to see what shows up and how. So now we're going to invite the soul of your work to come and meet you out in front of you. Inviting it to come closer so that you can see it, perceive it, sense it, feel it. And we invite it to come present with you now. And as we invite the soul of your work to come, we're just going to ask for now that it stay outside of your energy field so that you can notice it without merging with it. So invite the soul of your work present. And let's just notice what we notice for a moment. What do you see? What do you feel? What do you sense? Take your time.
deeply curious. So let's ask, and we're asking this question into the relational field of you and the soul of your work. And the question I wanna bring into this space is, what do you sense is right relationship for you with the soul of your work? Now, another way to ask that question is like, what are you being invited into? What is right relationship here? What are you being invited into? What quality or way of relating or showing up? So soft mind, open curiosity, and just see. Let's also inquire into this space. You can ask it, why me? Why do you want to partner with me? You know, if it could quote unquote kind of choose any human, why you? Why me? Get curious and see. Let's ask into this space. What does it want you to honor more of in yourself? Or what does it want you to honor, to respect, to own about yourself? Let's ask also, how 
how are you being called? Just bring this question into the field, into the relational field with the soul of your work. How am I being called to make space for what wants to emerge? How am I being called to make space for what wants to emerge? See what comes. Just two more questions here. The next one is, is there anything that it can show you, that the soul of your work can show you about what's coming? Like what, what wants to be created? What wants to emerge? What's coming? Is there anything that it can show you? Stay open, stay curious. No pressure. And then finally, let's ask, what can you do or make as an offering to support this relationship? Like, is there a ritual? A practice, something that the soul of your work is inviting you to do to support the deepening, the nourishment of this relationship, your relationship with it. Let us take a moment and give great thanks to the soul of your work. Whatever you saw or heard or didn't, regardless of how you feel, I want to invite deep thanks to the soul of your work for being for the opportunity to co-create in this lifetime, 
to the medicine of this relationship and all the possibility that it brings and all of the ways that this relationship can serve the collective, which includes you. So giving just a deep bow of thanks to the soul of your work as you release it from the edge of your energy field. Honoring the little ones in front of you as you release them from the edge of your energy field to go play and be and <laughs> exist. Deep thank you to your kin on either side of you for all of the holding, all of the love and respect and care. Releasing them also Place a hand on your body wherever you feel to as you acknowledge your ancestors thanking them in whatever way you do for this life for this body for all of the gifts all of the support on the other side to heal your lineages. And coming right to your own breath. Offering thanks in your own way to this body for the opportunity to breathe and exist in a body and do all the things that bodies get to do, including create. And you can just start to bring some movement, gentle movement to your body now. Just keeping your energy a little slow, your gaze a bit soft. Feel free to take a sip of water. No, that was long. So I'm going to give us a little bit of time to pull out your journal, if you have a journal. And just take note of what we noticed, what you noticed. Um, I'll put some of the prompts that we went through into the chat just as a just to jog your memory but just remembering that first you connected well not first but 
part of what we want to take note of is with the ancestors, what, what gift or gifts were there? You noticed anything with that? And what can you do to nurture those gifts? And then anything you noticed about the soul of your work, right relationship, why you, why me? Again, I'll pop it all into the chat. I'm going to be quiet for a bit and let you all take some notes. I want to say even if you had like a, a frustrating or a blank kind of experience, it's okay to write that down too, to just notice what, what you notice. And we'll journal for about another four minutes or so. you're done early and want to share with us, feel free to type anything into the chat, no pressure.
have a couple more minutes here. Okay. Feel free to keep writing. So a couple of practices that we can take into the week with us. I'm noticing the people who are I can see are still writing. So I'm like, oh, maybe do we need another few minutes? How are we feeling? I'll offer the practices and more time would be great. Okay, who else needs more time? Can I get a little thumbs up just so I can get a, a read on the room? Thumbs up or raised hand or something. Okay, a little more time. This is like, yeah, give me a little more time. Okay, cool. You can do that. Take just, we'll take two more minutes. I know it's not a lot, but something.
All right. So I'm gonna leave in a few practices um, before we open the space for folks to share. One thing that I would like to invite everyone to do is to create an altar that is an offering to the soul of your work. And so if there were colors that you saw, if there were scents that you smelled, if there was music that you heard, if there was just a feeling that you got, maybe you're like, oh, I just feel a feeling in my body when we're doing this. What I want to invite is a really intuitive process around creating this altar. And I create altars that um, connect or that are offerings to the soul of people's work often. And what I can offer is my process. And then what I really want to invite is to trust and discover your own process as you go. So what I'll often do is draw from whatever I'm already seeing or perceiving or feeling. So for me, that usually starts with a color. And then I go, okay, what do I have in that color? <laughs> you know, and it might be an old t-shirt or a scarf or something like that. Um, it was a placemat, you know, uh, I took a piece of art off the wall at one point. I used an old curtain before. So just noticing like, what's the first thing that reveals itself as like an anchor, especially if it, if I can get a piece of fabric, some sort of piece of fabric, it doesn't have, you don't have to go shopping for this unless you feel super called, but starting to weave in some of the elements of what you already were seeing or perceiving or feeling. If you, for example, felt like really warm and cozy, what makes you feel really warm and cozy? Maybe you have a favorite blanket and you create an altar on the floor with your favorite blanket as the backdrop, or it kind of gets laid across a table, you know? So I think when we think of altars, often we think, okay, it has to be like a table or it has to be a surface or it has to be a thing. You can make it on the floor if you want. You can what I would do, though, is put it in a place that you can leave it, that you don't have to move it around. And so if that's like a, a shelf, I know some folks who have little kids, it's like that might be a shelf that's kind of high up. You know what I mean? It might be a little section of your kitchen counter. Um, there isn't inherently like a wrong way to do this. And so any surface where you don't have to move it for a little while. And when I say a little while, I mean, maybe our whole journey, that could be helpful, but at least the next couple of weeks, I would say. And you can start to weave in those elements and just see if you can trust your intuition for where you want to place them how you want to add them. It doesn't have to make a lot of sense, if any sense. And it also doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be beautiful to you. It might be. It might be exquisitely beautiful. It might feel like an oddball collection of seemingly random things that somehow just felt drawn together for this purpose. Um, 
So I want to invite you, if you have an altar that you already sit with or work with that is dedicated to your work, the emerging work that wants to come through, great. I do have one. I keep one all the time. And I just tuned in with it today and changed things up a little bit. Like there was a new, some new elements that seemed like they wanted to be woven through. Um, But if you don't have this, again, creating a dedicated altar. and. Sometimes when I speak to people who have altars for their work, that some of that colonial Western extractive stuff seeps in by way of what am I going to get? So um, a lot of like what they want, money and listen, it's fine. Do you. Okay. But (laughs) But what I would offer is like the energy of reciprocity, the energy of here's a place that I come, I'm, I'm tending, I'm creating it as an offering, also knowing that I receive from this relationship. We don't have to like overmanage or control the receiving that I'm, it's an altar that I'm creating as a representation, as an offering to, as an homage to the soul of my work. And just intuitively pull things from your home, from nature, from your closet that you can add to and weave into this altar. What I would also add is when you asked your ancestor or ancestors about the gifts or gift that is wanting to be reclaimed or deepened with at this time, do you have something that represents that to you? You might already have something in your home that sort of holds that, that can represent that to you. And you can bring that into the space um, and add that onto the altar. And then this question about how you can nurture the relationship between yourself and the soul of your work, how you can nurture the deepening or reclamation of this ancestral gift. Again, there, those are some clues of like what you can bring to that altar. And see if there's something else I want to say about the altar. Yeah, I think I'll see if you have questions that you can type in or that we can share together. Um, With the altar, the homework, aside from creating it, is to sit with it every day until we meet again next week. So to take a little time, it can just be a few minutes, to, it's a visual representation, a physical manifestation of something that exists in the unseen otherwise, right? The soul of your work. And so I would sit with it and commune with it and see if you have, you have this living portal to connect again with the soul of your work. And so I would do this work daily. This is the invitation to sit with your altar. And um, we did a like long extended whole thing about connecting with the soul of your work, but on a daily basis, I'm not spending like half an hour doing that. But what I'll do is I'll like breathe into my body give gratitude to the earth and the cosmos, and then I'll go through it. So think below you, above you, behind you, beside you, and then in front of you, right? 
it's if you think of the directions, it'll be easier to remember. So feeling the earth below you, the sky above you, your own body, ancestors, just inviting them present, beloveds, inviting them beside, put your little ones in front of you, and then just invite again the presence of the soul of your work. So it can take just like moments, you know, to tune in. And it might take a little longer, right? It's a practice. Um, so that's one piece of homework. And if you want to, some people are very sensitive about not sharing altars, and I respect that. Some people are like, I want to share. This is so sweet. And I also respect that. So it's up to each person's individual choice, but you're welcome if you want to like share a picture with us um, in the Facebook thread, you're welcome to do that. And also, I do not want anyone to feel pressure. Again, some people have just a sense or a knowing or a practice of keeping those things um, private. And that is also totally honorable. Um, okay. And then a second related piece of homework is take serious. This is my invitation. Take serious the offering of your ancestors. Take serious the offering of the reclamation of gifts and curiosity about that. And if there was nothing that you perceived being offered to you, like if nothing, if it didn't, you didn't sense anything coming through, I would also just like use this time as a gentle nudge to explore ancestral roots, to trust that there are gifts that you are walking with every day that come through lineage. And so notice if there are ways that you're being called to explore lineage at this time. And that can be like, I'm going to make the food that my grandma made me when I was little and just feel her presence because I, for whatever reason, crave that comfort food right now, like for whatever reason, <laughs> or I want to listen to a song like I know that I have Polish, this isn't me, I don't have Polish roots, but if somebody was like, I know that I have Polish roots and I'm going to like listen to some Polish folk music, I want to explore that, like there's just exploring with music, with food. Um, with dress. Um, a lot of folks, especially who feel like cultural severance had happened a long time ago, that it's like, I don't even know how to feel connected to that anymore. And this is true for a lot of white bodied folks, especially folks whose families migrated a long time ago, the church did a good job severing a lot of the traditional ancestral spiritual roots. Um, I find that like internet searching folk music, folk art, those can be some ways to like get a little further back, you know? Um, but just like, I wanted to say a gentle exploration, but like you could go as full tilt as you want, but I would invite all of us to go into deeper exp exploration around um, just the tendrils of ancestral belonging that are coming through that might be coming through and just to like go on a little quest to be in deeper exploration around that it just that could be like its whole own body of work and for a lot of people it is their body of work to hold that that deepening exploration 
Um, and I see it as absolutely indivisible from the work that we do in the world, like the, in ways that it's beautiful and unique and mysterious and magical to, to explore how our ancestral roots are expressing through us or wanting to express through us um, through the medicine that we bring. So altar work, creating an altar, sitting with the altar, um, tending the altar, communing with your work on a soul level, like opening that channel. Um, one other practice that I'll offer is for some people, writing is really powerful and a lot can come through. And even the practice of writing like questions as yourself and then answer from the soul of your work question for yourself and then answer from the soul of your work just sometimes and it I don't not typing actual writing you know um yeah for a lot of people really potent stuff can come through it that way and then this exploration of ancestral gifts and then I'm going to give one more piece of homework and we'll open up to share so um just want to take us all back to what was the thing that the soul of your work or the relational field with the soul of your work was asking for you to honor about yourself? Can you remember like what, what were you asking? Maybe it was in the like, why do you choose me? Or then we brought the question like, what do you want me? What am I to honor more of me? So stay with me for this mind-bending inquiry. But if there was a scent, like a smell, that encapsulated, that was the essence of that remembrance, what is that smell? If there is a scent that was the essence of that remembrance, what is that smell? If it's a wearable smell, if it's lasagna, I don't know how to help you with this one quite. Maybe you need to go eat some, make some lasagna. But if it's a wearable smell, if you can get some, and engage in a practice of anointing yourself each day. And so there is not a wrong way, in my opinion, to anoint yourself other than maybe places on your body that you would not want to put fragrant things or things with alcohol, <laughs> like probably not in your eyeballs or other sensitive places. Um, but for me, it's a take your time practice. So if I'm anointing myself, by the way, mine, when I did this practice earlier, the scent um, is champaka, which is a flower. And what I do, that one comes out fast, but some, if you have an oil or especially an oil, some, you know, if you're sitting there for like a fillion minutes, just waiting for one drop, like that's part of the practice. Just be patient. <laughs> Let a drop come. <laughs> 
And then what I love to do is with it in the hand, um, warm it a little. Warm it up. So I get it on my fingertips first. And then, and then I just listen for where on my body wants this remembrance. Totally intuitive. Sometimes it's the soles of my feet. Sometimes it's right on my forehead. Sometimes it's my heart. Okay. And you just offer that scent onto your own body. If you're really sensitive to scents and this doesn't work for you, you can also just take a little smell and not apply it to your body, you know, or even sort of energetically, you know, touch your own body with like, okay, I'm, you know, the essence of this here, the essence of this here. And the invitation would be a practice, a daily practice of anointing yourself with this scent that is the essence of what you are being called to remember, to honor about you, who you are at this time. Okay. I'm going to open this up for shares. So I want to hear from you. Please raise hands if you want to share anything like a delightful little story about how that practice was, a frustration about what happened, a question. Yeah, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you, Nisha. And um, a lot came up that I could share in that practice. Um, but one place of stuckness that I have a question about is, um, connecting to ancestors. Um, so I am white bodied, but I am the first in my immediate family born in the U S and I recently had, uh, in the past six months, a family crisis. And during that family crisis, I saved this um, teacup that the rest of my family was going to just discard, like it doesn't matter. Um, but I never knew that it existed. And I found it really beautiful. And to me, it meant something. And so I brought it and I'm thinking about bringing it into my altar. Um, but it's kind of a twofold question. Like one is that even though my brother was born in the Soviet union, I feel it have always felt a huge severance with that culture. Um, and it, I struggle to connect into it. And then um, like, I have a desire to, but I also know that uh, I have a very active mind <laughs> and I know that if I, I, I shouldn't say I know, but I'm concerned that if I go looking that I might, you know, get caught up in the, like figuring it out all out. Um, so there's that. And then there's also 
Um, I watched a talk with Alok as one of the speakers. I know that you repost them often. And they were saying how looking at lineage or ancestors as only through your bloodline, <laughs> they called it unambitious. And I was like, oh, that's great. Maybe there's more for me there. Uh, maybe it's not just about my bloodline. Um, and maybe it is, maybe I just don't know the depths of, you know, my bloodline, but I'm, I'm feeling a little stuckness there. And I really, really want to connect with my ancestors. Mm, thank you for bringing this. Um, there's so much that we could say, and I think we could definitely like weave some collective wisdom too around this inquiry because you're super not alone with this. Um, yeah, remembering that the trees are our ancestors and the, you know, great whales are our ancestors and there's, we are also of all of this. And also there were people who procreated and made more people and eventually popped us. And that's also meaningful in its own way. Um, so I think often with ancestral connection work, what happens is we look look back, so to speak. You know, we look we look at our lineage and we're like, ooh, you know, and we have this like the parents and the grandparents and the the aunts and uncles and like the people that we knew, the people that we might have pictures of and know the names of, even perhaps. And there's like all that's loaded up with a bunch of stuff. Like it can be like sweetness and tons of pain drama, like all these things. And, and what I find helpful to sort of as a thing for the mind to hold is like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Um, in fact, I feel to show you this altar cloth. Um, there's an artist named Carolyn Seckinger. So this is an ancestral altar cloth. Here's you, couple of parents, grandparents, great, 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 great. Look how many people this is. Not that many generations back. Like this is how many great, 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 great grandparents you have. Every one of those little lines is a person. So. There are some threads of remembrance in those way back peoples that might have gotten severed, distorted for totally understandable reasons as pain, as oppression, um, pain both inflicted, inflicted upon and by people in lineage, right? So, um, if you look at your culture or your family and it feels hard connecting, trust that you can keep going backwards in time, deeper and exploring there. Um, not because we don't have to reckon with the troubles, you know, like that's important work, I think, for all of us to reckon with the troubles of lineage, but also to know that the roots of our belonging are so much more than like the people that we know or even the culture that we know 
like there was the culture before the culture and then the culture before that culture. And um, so when I looked to my European ancestors, which is my mother's side, I've always been like, I don't know how to relate with you people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, there was just nothing that felt very familiar or like home about what I see as like the culture in, in those places. I just, it just felt unfamiliar, not as a judgment, but like I couldn't really dock into any of it. And then opening up gently to connecting with further way back ancestors and being like, oh, and now I'm finding people who pray, like the way that they pray is like on the earth, you know, like their shins and knees on the ground and with the elements, things that my mind might call like, you know, indigenous Native American. And it was a completely different continent, you know? And it's, so it was just like there, I think part of it is, um, knowing that there are threads of belonging that will feel safe. And, um, gosh, there's so much that I could say about this. Um, I guess like to, to simplify and summarize right now, what I would offer is if it feels fraught, I get it. And there's like whole bodies of work to explore that fraughtness that are valuable and meaningful. And here in the exploration of gifts that might want to come through, um, it's okay, especially if your body goes into like a lot of a feeling of unsafety when you look towards ancestors or a feeling of like real disconnection when you look towards culture, ancestral culture. It's okay to invite connection that feels safe. And to say, I'm just open to connection that feels safe right now. And I'm curious about that. And just to see if you get little nudges, little intuitive hits, um, even simple things like, I feel like I want to go for a walk right now, you know, or I feel like I want to go be by the water right now. Just exploring those tendrils. Um, yeah. And there's a lot on this, but if you're feeling bold, you can also ask family members if it feels safe enough to do so, to tell you stories about the crazy people, quote unquote, crazy people in your family, <laughs> just because it's interesting to hear the stories and also to get curious about like, oh, if I were to add more dimension to this person's story, what might it be? What might be a hidden gift in this person's embodiment in their experience? This helpful, Michelle. Wow. Mm. Sorry, I have to ask you to unmute. It is. Thank you. Um, I was overcome with tears. I just needed a second. I don't know particularly what I was crying about. Um, I just took a sec to let it out, and that is helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah to to invite like I can see a whole world of healing that wants to happen with ancestors um both in connecting and taking responsibility and like the whole world of it um but I really love that the invitation to connect in a way that feels safe mm -hmm. thank yeah. you mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And just to say also, there can be a lot of grief that comes when we touch into the longing for belonging that we can deeply feel. It's deep, deep longing for belonging and healing for our lineages. Um, yeah. Love to see, hear more, share as more questions. Priyanka is asking um, how ancestor work during today's session connects us to the soul of our work. How normally will it show up? Um, hmm, I'm not sure I understand the question. If you want to clarify it. Um, one thing I want to say is like, all of these can, things can show up in so many different ways. So I would really just above all else, stay very curious to like little whispers that you get that if you entertain the little curious whisper and like give it a little space to be curious, what, what comes through there where it's like, you might be building an altar and being like, I don't know why, but for some reason I feel like I'm supposed to go outside and take my shoes off and stand in the freezing cold dirt, you know, <laughs> like just letting these little whispers of like, it doesn't necessarily make sense to the logical mind, but there's some, as I'm doing the practices, there's some, oh, I want to listen to this song right now, or, oh, I feel like I want to ask my cousin a question about where did my grandmother's, you know, sorry end up that I used to love when I was a child, like following some of these curiosities. Um, yeah, and questions that you could ask family. Um, I love to ask, like, are there any secret gifts that you think our family members or family members have had? Like, do you have secret gifts that you're not telling me about? Like, are there things like psychic gifts or what we would call psychic gifts or what we might call, like, what are some of the gifts? Like, what are some of the inherent skills, not just trainings, but like things that people had like genius around, you know, divine sparks of genius. Like what do we have in our family? Um, so I think that's a beautiful question. Um, yeah. If we feel safe with our living relatives also like, um, Asking them to teach us, especially if they're connected to ways of praying, to stories about our families, to their favorite music, to their favorite foods, to, um, to understand place, like where, how far back do you know about where our family came from? Like get on Google Maps and like zoom in, look at it. <laughs> check it out, see the topography, notice if you notice anything interesting. Um, just like a brief story. Um, I kept, at some point when I was doing some ancestor work, I kept hearing, um, I kept seeing this river, this river and getting a sense for like place. And I asked my mom, like, where do you know, where are we from? And I kept going. And then I was looking at a map and I saw a river and I just had this feeling like that's the river. I don't know. I don't have any proof, but 
but I have a feeling like this images of a river that I keep seeing, this feels like the river. And I looked at the river and it was called back when the river Diva, D-E-V-A, Diva. It's now called the river D because God forbid we leave, you know, the church, whoever, the powers that be would leave a name that was the name of the goddess. Diva, you might say Deva, Devi in my other cultural lineage, Diva. That's my eldest child's middle name. I pronounce it Deva because of my Indian roots, but it was actually my European roots that showed me this river Diva. And it's just like this beautiful synchronicity. So getting senses for place and exploring place a little bit can be really beautiful too. Because there's land. Like, I think that's the other thing. The lands, the feeling of the lands, the plants of the lands, those are our ancestors too. The medicines of the lands. What were the medicines the way back peoples were, our way back peoples were using? What were the plants our way back peoples were using? Like, there's kinship that we have with those things too. So just wanted to offer that. All right more yeah Dorothy hi um I have another kind of question around the the soul of our work and how to relate to that I'm having I noticed during the meditation that I'm having a really hard time right now distinguishing from the soul of my project from my own essence as I don't have a specific project right now, but I'm inquiring around how, what wants to emerge through me and how my practice has evolved. And I think my work feels very intimate always. And I felt like this distinction is something so important and that will be so healing for me. I have like a lot of grievances around how the work has gone and when I did this distinction in the meditation, it felt like a lot of gratefulness arrived where there had been frustration and grief. But I, I still find it hard to actually separate what's my essence and how the work has formed me and my practice professionally. And where's me, me? And then like, my, my yeah, I'm a little lost there. So when you go to connect with it, are you feeling like, or were you seeing things, sensing things, noticing things, or did it just, was it happening in your own body? Like, how was it occurring? Just so that I can hear a little bit more. Um, I think I feel things a bit more, but I always have a hard time with these meditations. Um, so for me, it's always like, give it time and things will arise after. But I was kind of seeing things that were coming from sort of metaphors that I had already explored. So I was seeing like two circles. And first I saw one sort of a metaphor that I find is more about me and my essence. I saw that as like the soul of my project. And then that bubble came back to me and I was like, no, no, that's me. My work is something else. And then I just like sat there with like an empty golden bubble waiting for something um and that's where I am <laughs> yeah great 
the empty bubble felt like the golden bubble felt like you, or it felt like the, uh, the other thing, but that was sort of all you got. That's that piece. The golden bubble, sort of what I was seeing as the soul of my work became the essence of me. And then there was a golden bubble that is sort of like empty that I don't have so much a sense for separate from my essence, but that I'm like trying to say, no, no, this is who I am now. Thanks to my work as well but as a person, and then there's an empty bubble for the soul of my work that can have many faces, but doesn't really feel concrete or like tangible right now at all. Yeah, yeah which is all good. I would say that as you create an altar, you could start really simple and you could start with something that represents that bubble to you. Mm. And also you can add elements of yourself, like the things that feel like they are more you, that they're coming through. Um, When I create an altar to the soul of someone's work, they're always there. There's always something representing the person actually on it. So it's okay to bring those elements of you in. And I don't know what it means. It doesn't inherently mean anything. It could mean that um, it could mean that that you've um, over focused on your work and sacrificed yourself a lot in your work, and now it's like, can we look at you? Are you cared for? Are you getting what you need? So sometimes that spotlight on self that we're like, no, 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 I want to know about you. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but we need to take care of you. Have you been taken care of? What do you want? What do you need? What do you? So sometimes I find people go into these and they're like, I'm just hearing like all of this, like I'm asking it, like, tell me. And it's telling me, no, you tell me. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, well, that's the answer. It's asking you to like, what do you actually want? What do you actually choose? Is your energy actually in this? Are we actually caring? Are you being cared for in this? Mm -hmm. So I don't know that it means anything. I would keep opening the space to be curious about it. And also like represent yourself, bring in the pieces that feel like you, you know, and like trust that that's not wrong. Actually, it might be like totally exactly the right thing. Um, yeah and you know I've had I will say I've had clients before where they they go in to connect with the soul of their work and all they keep getting is just this mirror like it's just like a mirror like looking back at themselves over and over and part of this, this is relational work. And so we're, it's also our relationship with ourselves. Like how are we relating with our own bodies, with our own intuition? How are we relating with our own minds? You know, that with our people, it's all interconnected. So if, if you notice that you keep getting a mirror or feeling turned back to yourself, then I would get curious, like, What's here for me then? Where am I feeling called or drawn to tend, to notice, to reorient, to, you know, sometimes what happens is, oftentimes what happens, I find, is the soul of the work is asking a person to strengthen their own Mm self-trust, to strengthen their own trust in themselves as like 
choice makers and, you know, kind of like, I have a six-year-old right now who will often ask me to do things that, that, that he can do. And sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it for you. And sometimes I'm like, you got this. (laughs) And actually like the move is for you to know that you can do this thing. Like the loving move in our relationship is for you, me to let you do this yourself and to know that you can do this. And I'm right here. It doesn't mean I've abandoned you. I'm right here. So sometimes, especially if we've moved with a lot, with a big lack of self-trust, bypassed our own knowing, bypassed our own needs, sometimes the spotlight gets turned on us. The mirror gets held to us. And it's like, you can gently explore if this feels true for you, but sometimes the medicine is like bolstering self-trust, honoring of self. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Any other things coming forward? So I want to name how tricky this work can be for the mind. (laughs) How much the mind can be like, but how much am I pricing it? And what am I actually creating? And and this isn't even real. And can we hurry this shit up already? (laughs) Like like the mind is um, (laughs) sort of like... um, uh, I've seen these memes of like uh, guys, like gym bros, like guys that go to the gym, but only work out their upper body. And you're like, they have like legs and then like, like giant like big, you know, like it's sometimes that's like how it feels. It's like this very strong, bossy, you know, directive, quick mind. And then we're like, uh, (laughs) the, the, the spirit feels a little like the skinny wobbly legs underneath this, like, you know, powerhouse fast mind and so that's it's okay it's why we're going slow it's why and I would just make space for like the feelings that come up if there's frustration if there's confusion and like we're we're learning we're moving in a different way than starting with like let's do all the logical pieces and figure out all the logical things. And then what's the most logical path. And then we're going to do the most logical path. And then da, 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 da. like, probably we've all done that with lots of things. But if you're here, I'm imagining like what we've decided to do together is lean back and actually get curious about what wants to emerge. And so like what we have to do is stop like pumping iron on the upper body and like have some leg days at the gym, so to speak, you know, like sit at the altar, get curious, have a little intuitive nudge, follow it. Notice you can't make sense of any, every, of something. Stop trying, go with it. See what happens. Like work the legs out a little bit. The legs of course, being like the deeper way of listening, the deeper way of moving. And, um, yeah, see if we can extend trust and curiosity for what wants to come through and, um, and stay with it. Stay with the listening. Okay. Thanks for being here. Grateful to you all. See you in the Facebook group. 
Um, I also know that this can be tender. These inquiries can be tender, can bring up a lot. And I'm here for all of it. Thanks for being here, everyone. Much love to you.